The following program contains scenes and language of a frank and explicit nature. Viewer discretion is advised. Oh, hello, creeps. Um, what are the uh, rules? There's only one rule. Are you ready? Here it is. There are no rules. Go. Welcome to The Noise Report, a podcast about music, movies, books, and other random assorted pop culture. Hosted by the music guy, CJ Plane, coming at you live from the house of fuckery. Welcome. Now let's start a riot. Now let's get out there and melt some faces! I'm the music guy, CJ Plain. This is another episode of The Noise Reports. Uh, you know what this is. This is your least favorite uh, podcast on the internet. Um, but that's okay because I know I'm very unorthodox. That's what we do and that's why I love doing it. Um, so today, over uh, to my left on Skype, um, you're not going to see him, but you're going to hear him. Uh, eventually, you'll get to see them because I'll eventually figure the video thing out. Um, uh, his name is Daniel Pellisier. Uh, he is an amazing artist. Uh, I loved his bio. I love his work. And um, I had to have him on here uh, because he said one name that immediately made me know I had to have him on here. That was John Volby. And Dr. Dr. Dirty. And um, Y'all know me, being the son of a truck driver, growing up the way I did, anything in that style is sacred to me, so um, it was an immediate, you have to be on the show, <laughs> so uh, welcome to the Noise Report. Um, Thank you for having me. Yes, uh, start by giving everyone a short a bio of uh, who you are and a little background and all that. Okay, well, uh, how far back do you want me to go? Totally up to you. Go back to childhood if you want. Uh, <laughs> you remember? Okay. Well, um, I, I've grown up with uh, musical parody and comedy. I grew up watching the uh, the Animaniacs and the Muppet Show and all of them. And uh, you know, my grandfather used to play Spike Jones records for us when we were real, real little. And uh, I, of course, was exposed to Weird Al Yankovic around the age of ten. Yeah. And uh, inadvertently the exposed to John Falby at a family reunion by an insensitive attendee who did not realize there were children present or present or didn't care. I'm not sure which. But Probably okay, the latter. I thought it was the funniest thing in the world. Um, and um, years later, as a moody teenager, I tried forming a band. Um, at first, death metal, because I thought that was uh, the only way to reassure the female population of my high school that I still had some testosterone to spread around. Um, <laughs> But uh, then later on in college, as I began to come to accept that uh, I was perhaps a little bit more Valkyrie than Viking, if you get my drift, right. <laughs> um, I tried forming a glam punk band, uh, very theatrical, sort of uh, somewhere between Guar, uh, the New York Dolls, with maybe a little touch of the Dead Kennedys thrown in yes. for good measure. But uh, 
musicians in Worcester County, Massachusetts, they all want to act like rock stars without doing any of the work necessary to become one. So needless to say, our band, which we called Fist Socket, did not pan out. <laughs> um, yes, uh, the story behind that name, uh, my bass player and main collaborator, if I may even stretch the imagination to call him that, uh, he was uh, this guy named Dave. He was in the Army Reserves. He was a, a police dispatcher, and he also operated a bootleg porn site called slores.com s-l-o-r-e-s i think it's now defunct i don't know i haven't bothered to look but uh it specialized in fisting so uh, that was going to be a big part of our uh, stage presence was uh, that we were going to incorporate uh, some extremely dirty like fisting lyrics and whatnot and uh, some theatrics with blow-up dolls in the vein of like the mentors if anybody remembers who they are um and then more recently like just in the last uh, seven or eight years, I've been trying to ingratiate myself into the local drag scene here in Sarasota, Florida. Um, unfortunately, I don't like to lip sync. I look terrible in a blonde wig, and uh, I can't do a split or a death drop, and I don't enjoy doing any of the things that are characteristic of a drag queen. So I thought perhaps I would, you know, create something to uh, make me stand out from the rest of the group, besides the fact that I can't do what they do. And uh, that was first... Uh, to sing in my normal voice. I thought the novelty of a uh, right. very feminine appearance with a manly baritone be novelty enough, but uh, apparently not enough. So that's when I started doing song parodies. And that's been my thing. I'm the drag version of Weird Al Yankovic. And uh, I debut all of my videos on a uh, streaming platform called Velvet Review, which is exclusively for things like drag, burlesque, and um, circus acts, fire jugglers, and whatnot. And if it doesn't get accepted on there for whatever reason, I just throw it on YouTube. Nice, nice. Um, I, I I watched a couple of the videos, and I was <laughs> I, I was I was laughing my ass off um, for a few reasons. Um, All right. One, I being the son of a truck driver, uh, like you said, the insensitive uh, relative. <laughs> um, I grew up in the front seat of a Peterbilt, essentially. Um, my mom and dad divorced at two. Uh, dad got custody, and we lived in his truck. So we didn't have a house. Our house was this Peterbilt semi. Um, what? So we traveled, and um, music was constant in there. Uh, this was back before, you know, TVs were small enough to actually put in vehicles and all of that before cable and internet and all of that this you know middle six or middle 70s uh early 80s and um a lot of trucker comedy gene tracy right moms mabley catfish those guys so mm -hmm. uh, when i started school at seven years old i knew more adult humor than any Adult should probably know, but I was like seven or eight. Um, also, keep in mind that truckers, when they get together, if there's ten of them sitting around a table at a truck stop, they don't care if a seven-year-old kid is sitting there. They're just going to talk. Um, so I heard things that would turn most people's hair gray. Um, 
so starting school, you know, friends would, hey, knock, knock, and I would, you know, I'd be the John Volby character. I'd be like, hey, two Polacks going to a whorehouse. And the teacher would be like, you can't say that. You can't say that. And I was like, can't say what? She's like, well, whorehouse, Polak, any of that? And I was like, oh, sorry. Um, that's all I knew. I had you know? that bit of in my upbringing as well. Yeah, um, so. I, I mentioned it that my father uh, is very, very conservative. He uh, served in two branches of the military right. and uh, for reasons beyond anybody's understanding recently joined the Mormon church. Uh, <laughs> but uh, my mother, on the other hand, uh, she um, uh, spent a decade pursuing a uh, career in professional bodybuilding and uh, was a little bit looser with the content. So um, she would bring home videotapes of uh, Buddy Hackett stand-up routines. And uh, also on uh, WAAF, uh, back when it was still a hard rock station, I don't know what become of it. I can't remember if they said it's gone easy listening or Christian lately. But um, back in the day, it was the hard rock station, and they used to have a weekly segment called Looney Tunes Tuesday, where they would play you know novelty songs, Doctor they would play Weird Al Yankovic. They would play Bob Rivers. Um, they never played any John Valby. If they did, I'm no. sure they would beep the hell out of it. <laughs> yeah. The way they did with um, At a Medium Pace by uh, Adam Sandler. Yeah. But uh, I thought that made it funnier when they beeped it out. Because you could just yeah, imagine what the hell they're saying. Right. Uh, the Fools was another big one, too. I don't know if you're familiar with The Fools. Yeah. Dr. Demento, all those guys, yeah. Right. Um, mm-hmm. That's that's actually kind of funny you'd say that because I am actually like the world's worst Mormon. Um, I'm I'm actually Mormon, but I'm I, I'm a horrible horrible Mormon because I don't follow any of the rules. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> um, as much as he likes to tout how how conservative right wing he is, right. Um, he. When in the early years of him first uh, getting involved in the Mormon Church, he was a bigger devil's advocate than I was. Uh, he was extremely well versed in uh, Bible content and would really like go for the jugular, challenging uh, the you know, church elders and the missionaries and whatnot to the point where they would get exasperated with him and say, "Maybe this isn't the right religion for you." Right. <laughs> I, um. Yeah, I. I'm yeah. I, I probably like my little one. The, the missionaries stop by every once in a blue moon, and they try to teach him, and they get frustrated with him because the first lesson they gave him was the one about Adam and Eve, and how we're all descended uh, from Adam and Eve. And of course, him being nine years old and, and brilliant like he is, uh, the story of Adam and Eve being the only two people, and we're all descended from Adam and Eve. His first question was like, wait. If Adam and Eve were the only people on earth and we're all descendants of it, does that mean they had incest? And the <laughs> the 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 missionary kind of looked at him like, wait, what? And he thought about it for a minute and he looked at me and he's like, I don't think he's supposed to know that at that age. And I was kind of shocked myself because I didn't think at nine that he would put that together. But he just, that was his first question. And I was like, all right, um... Mental no. Well, kids are sharper than you would imagine. Um, my yeah. <laughs> ex had uh, uh, her her oldest son was the uh, first one to point out to me, and I didn't realize this myself. Uh, the, the humor in the fact that there is a brand of uh, spaghetti sauce called Prego with the slogan "It's in there." <laughs> <laughs> 
but uh, I probably would have challenged the missionaries if I wasn't as soft-spoken as I was back in the day. I yeah. would just let my music speak for me. Uh, whenever Dad had the, the missionaries over, I'd be in my room blasting Rob Zombie, Morbid Angel, Day Aside, anything oh. I could to scare the crap oh, out of them. God. And they just played... I, I love Morbid Angel. I love all of that. Uh, Day Aside is... I, I had a... We'll call it an experience... Uh, <laughs> with them um, Glenn is one of the biggest boils on the ass of society known to man um, I'll drink to that uh, so, I recently discovered that myself yeah I, I, <laughs> my former band played Milwaukee Metal Fest and they were one of the headlining bands and um, I almost ended up in jail <laughs> because of some shit Glenn said and I lost my temper and I was bound and determined I was going to murder Glenn that day, but my band decided that uh, they needed a bass player. I, oh, dude, I was so pissed. I was just like, you arrogant, conceited boil on the nutsack of society. I was so angry. And, uh, I would dare call Ed Nugent of death metal. <laughs> yeah, that, you know what? I, I don't think I'd even insult Nugent like that. <laughs> Truthfully, like, I just... Glenn is one of them people that there are very few people in music that I have a real, real hatred for. There's people I dislike and I won't listen to their music, but Glenn is one of those people that I would literally run down with a car. Like, there's just, you know, I mean, he's just one of them people. I just the mention of his name makes me want to fight him. <laughs> so. He's right up there with Gigi Allen. I mean, when uh, Gigi would claim every year on Halloween he was going to kill himself on stage, then you had Glenn Benton, who uh, once upon a time said that uh, he was planning to kill himself by the time he reached the age of 33. And needless to say, that didn't happen. Yeah. He would have been doing the world a favor. Um. Yeah. <laughs> to, to, to put it lightly. I often encourage people to commit suicide, but uh, yeah. people... Um, it's kind of funny. You mentioned Animaniacs. Um I'm good friends with uh, Jess Harnell, uh, who is the voice of Wacko, and um, uh, he, he did Ironhide in the um, Transformer movies. Uh, he is also the voice of Crash Bandicoot in all of the games. Um, nice. So Jess has made a, uh, an amazing living. Uh, he also has his own band called Rock Sugar. Uh, they do, like, mashups. Um, Nice. Like really cool. They did like uh, "Don't Don't Stop Believing" by Journey and Enter Sandman together, and it's called "Don't Stop Don't Stop the Sandman." And um, right. they they do really cool stuff. So um, I thought that was a cool. Um, well, one of the things that I love that they used to do on the Animaniacs was um, the Patter songs. Patter has yeah. always uh, resonated with me uh, ever since I first saw. Gilda Radner on The Muppet Show singing I am the very model of a modern major general with a yeah. seven foot tall talking carrot and uh, so then fast forward to Animaniacs you've got Yakko singing all the nations of the world Right. Uh, that, that was just the, the, the best thing in the world to me yeah I uh, I, I love that as well um, back to the to the video the swearing video um, oh the, uh, the uh, profanity video yes um, <laughs> I was in hysterics because when you got to the part about making up your own yes, words. because that, 
Well, curse words in and of themselves have found their way into everyday conversational yes. slang. Uh, you can you can barely you know have a conversation uh, you know at the water cooler at the lunch counter whatever fucking this fucking that and nobody right. thinks to who do you think so thing about it um but if you really want to you know get them punchy you have to mash them up you have to get poetic <laughs> and uh, i actually had a, a friend of mine uh, from high school reach out to me through facebook after watching that video saying that you know he was feeling particularly down and uh, then he watched that video and by the time he got to the expression uh tit slapping fuck boot uh he was you know, laughing and giggling and having a much better day yeah <laughs> i I was that kid in high school who I was very creative with insults. Um, somebody would say, fuck you. And I was, you know, I would always have that insult that was so far off kilter that it caught people off guard. Um, when I got put into foster care at 15, they moved me to Flint, Michigan. Put me at Flint Northwestern High School. I was the only white kid in the entire school. So, I was automatically a target, and it was right around the time the whole Your Mama joke started, and they thought they had it, and the first one that challenged me, I I stood there for about probably 30 seconds taking it, and they're like, Your Mama this, and Your Mama that, and I finally, he kind of shut up long enough for me to get a word in. (laughs) <laughs> my hands thought, well, you know what? It's like, your sister is so stupid. The bitch uses an H, or I said, the bitch uses a satellite dish for an IUD. And I'm still trying to get HBO from that HOE. Everybody stopped and looked at me and was like, all right, you're good. <laughs> you know? And it was just like, I was just always that kid. Um, My favorite insult. Even now, I say it, and people look at me crazy. Is needle dick bug fucker? <laughs> needle dick bug fucker. That reminds me of one that my sister used to throw around, which was uh, chicken dick penis wrinkle. Yeah. And uh, another one was uh, sperm burping cum dumpster. Yep. And uh, twat I had waffle. friends in high school who could make anything dirty. Yeah. Uh, and if there was, if they couldn't make it dirty, then I would just inject something dirty. Yeah. Uh, like they would ask a random person or just ask each other, if I washed my dick, would you suck it? And if they said no, then you say, oh, so you're a dirty cocksucker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you ever got caught jerking off in the corner? No, a good hiding place, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was so that kid in high school. Teachers. How about this one? Do you remember blowing bubbles when you were a kid? Yeah. Well, bubbles says hi. <laughs> Oh man, it's just just sitting here with this conversation, like like five hundred trucker jokes are like rushing back to my brain, you know, <laughs> of, of every variety that are so politically not correct at this point that you would probably get like me tooed <laughs> for it, but. Um, not even racist ones, just, I guess, more misogynistic. Because, um, you know, trucker comedy was much like what Andrew Dice played. That's one of the great things about drag. It's like yeah. uh, armor. It's like more paint. You, know, you <laughs> put it on and you can say whatever. Right. Um, I probably wouldn't be able to get away with um, uh, the You Make Me Wanna Shit video. I don't know if you caught that one on Velvet Review. So. It's a 
case you didn't, it's a parody of Shout by the Isley Brothers, and it focuses on celebrities and public figures that are so caustic and abrasive and disgusting that they upset your very bowels. <laughs> and uh, so I have um, little animated puppet figures of, um, uh, let me think, what I've forgotten the man's name now. Tucker Carlson. Yeah. I got him in there. Uh, Steven Crowder, Bad Baby. Um, uh, what's her name? Kim Kardashian. Oh, God. Uh, that's how out of touch I am. I have to say what's her name before saying Kim Kardashian. But uh, I probably wouldn't be able to get away with that out of costume and yeah. out of character. There, there's a bunch of them for me that just... There's so many that just... You, you don't even know how they survive to adulthood you know like they're so i don't want to call them dumb but they're just so spoiled or pampered or just a variety of things like i seen a video recently uh pierce hilton has a has a fucking cooking show now which is oil water well and that was the thing like she's like i've got cookbooks and i've got Bitch, you have never seen a kitchen in your fucking life. Don't bullshit nobody. Ain't nobody in the world thinks that you actually know how to cook. You have never cooked a meal in your fucking life. And sh and the first thing she cooked, Rice, Kis Rice Krispie Treats. Well, I haven't seen her since Repo the Genetic Opera, but the last time I did see her, it didn't look like she had seen food, let alone a kitchen. Yeah, well, you know, and it's just like, I was like, who the fuck thought it was a good idea to give Paris Hilton a cooking show? Okay, like really, I mean, I guess they have to give her something to do. Yeah, like um, you know, are we are, are we opening Casey Anthony daycares next, or you know? Uh, I left my forty foot pole in my other pants. I don't think I can touch that one. Um, but uh, going back to uh, things you can get away with and drag that you can't. Um, I have another side gig that I do. Um, uh, it typically would be reserved for Halloween, but uh, the tour company that I work for does it year-round on Fridays. I work for Discover Sarasota Tours as part of their Haunted Trolley Tour. Oh, nice. I appear at three different stops in three different characters, and one of them is a drag character named Juicy Lucy. And uh, all three characters have uh, the same standard makeup, which is, you know, just ghouly, you know, corpsey, right. you know, sunken eyes and hollow cheekbones just look as... as decayed and mummified as I possibly can, but uh, Juicy Lucy, uh, her backstory is that uh, she was a prostitute um, back in the late 70s that fell out of the second story window of the Gator Club, and um, anyway, of course, she comes on, and she is like, uh, she's the showstopper, everybody loves Lucy, and uh, she can get away with saying some stuff that you wouldn't believe, uh, and one time, uh, I did see a reaction on uh, somebody's face on the trolley that was like, maybe I should take that one out of the act. <laughs> uh, because uh, Juicy Lucy, she flirts with all the, the men in the on the trolley, and sometimes she gets creative if there's no men on the trolley. But uh, I approach this one gentleman passenger, and I say to him, you know what they say about us dead girls? We don't say no to nothing. <laughs> and uh, this girl sitting behind him just had this bug-eyed face uh, i think she just had this little uncomfortable laugh come out and uh i remembered that when i got off the trolley and i'm like maybe i should take that one out <laughs> nice um yeah we have a we have a character i haven't introduced him yet but i've used him in the past um he is um i think i saw him on your instagram yeah <laughs> yeah he is zorgon b34 
and um, um, he is. He has come to Earth to save us from our shitty taste in music. So, okay. <laughs> there, there's, oh, a, there's a whole character thing that goes with it that's going to be kind of in this vein. Um, I hope his ship didn't crash because I think I need him to take me home at some point. <laughs> um, I've totally lost track of where I wanted to go with this. <laughs> it happens a lot. Um, you're talking about Paris Hilton making Rice Krispie treats, and then yeah, you're talking about um, parody songs. Parody songs. You do a, a you have challenged yourself to write yes. like a parody song a month. Um, yes. Um, usually, I would just you know wait until an idea comes to me, but uh, right. that could be anywhere from you know two weeks to two years, and uh, you can't build a following on just you know lazing about waiting right. for inspiration to strike me. Um, my uh, friend and colleague, Steve McAllister, uh, who incidentally is my uh, understudy on the Haunted Trolley Tour, um, he is a singer-songwriter and public figure down here in Sarasota. And uh, he had announced at a uh, staff party that uh, he had challenged himself uh, some time ago to write one song per month and had since amassed a catalog of over 35 songs. Nice. I'm like, okay, I think I can do that. And since then, uh, every time I'm at work or in my car listening to Amazon radio or whatever have you, uh, anytime a song comes on, I'm thinking of ways to parody it. Uh, I came upon something and unfortunately ended up rejecting the song. Um, my employer at the hair salon where I work was listening to iHeart 80s radio and the song Give It To Me Baby by Rick James came on. <laughs> now, until this point, I had never heard the actual lyrics to Give It To Me Baby. I had only ever heard the chorus, you know, going back to the mid-90s when Alan McBeal had the dancing baby and all that nonsense. Um, but uh, as I'm listening to these lyrics, I'm realizing just how awful they are. I mean, he's basically uh, describing in celebratory fashion how he's come home late and he's drunk and his partner is sleeping and he's frustrated because she won't wake up and put out. And uh, that, that's a song you definitely could not get away with writing today. I mean, that's basically a saying, yay, I'm a creeper. Creepers are great. Um, so I thought, wouldn't it be funny yeah. to write, a pair, uh, write the same song, but from the perspective of the sleeping person that he's pestering. And nice. so I wrote a song called Go the Fuck to Bed. And uh, it came with a uh, twist ending where it turns out that the drunk person that had crept into bed that night uh, didn't actually live there. Because the, the person singing realizes, wait a minute, I don't have a lover. Who the hell are you? How'd you get in here? <laughs> um, nice. But uh, the more I, I listen to it as I'm you know, recording it, it's just like, I, I don't know what's wrong here. I don't like the way I sound. I don't like these lyrics. And then when I filmed it, I was playing both roles. I was playing both uh, the, the sleeping female and the uh, drunken, slovenly Floridian male, a Florida man, if you will. And... Uh, you know, I'm watching myself, you know, stagger into the room in this, you know, grotesque makeup and thinking, I can't look at myself. I can't edit this. So that one's uh, on the cutting room floor. Nice. Um, I, I have long held, I, I want to record, mm -hmm. I'm probably not a great singer. Uh, in fact, I know I'm not a great singer. Um, oh, hold on, let me. Oh, it's punk or death metal. You don't have to be. No. Here's a funny thing. Um, the Conway Twitty. 
song, Make Believe. Yeah. People hear that song in a, a lot, oh, classic country or one of the greatest country songs of all time. It was really one of the earliest stalker songs. If you if you look at the if you if you read the lyrics, if you listen to the lyrics, he says people see us everywhere. They think you really care, but my but by myself I can't deceive. I know it's only make believe. My is one and only prayer Tony? is that someday you'll care. My hopes and dreams come true, my one and only you. No one will ever know how much I love you so. My only prayer will be someday you'll care for me, but it's only make-believe. So it's literally, the song, it doesn't, I don't think it was written that way, but the context of the song, he's talking about, you know, he it, like he's, he's stalking this person essentially and saying, you know, my hopes, my dreams, one day you'll notice me. <laughs> and I've always thought this would be a song for someone like Stabbing Westward to just completely, <laughs> you know, the way they did the song Shame. That's the way I hear the song. Um, and I've heard two different versions of that song. Um, I did not realize it was Conway Twitty. Yeah. Um, the first time I heard it, the Misfits were singing it on yeah. their Project 1950 album. Yeah, that, that Danzig, yeah. It's just a nameless, you know, 50s doo-wop band. No. Uh, and then later on, I heard a version of it by Screamin' Jay Hawkins. I didn't realize that was Conway Twitty. Yeah. But uh, say it's definitely a stalker song. When I was listening to the Misfits version, I was thinking of ways to conceptualize uh, a video with a story arc to all of these different, you know, punk dark revampings of 50s ballads. Yeah. And with that one in particular, it's only make-believe. I was envisioning an obsessive ghoul who yeah. has his crush in his clutches and exactly. he's admitting to himself at last that this is all in his imagination as he's burying her alive. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's exactly <laughs> you know what I'm getting at is it, it comes off as this sort of innocent country song of that era when everything was supposed to be innocent when really when you start breaking it down it's really kind of a creepy ass song you know <laughs> so, it is uh, i don't know how you can see it any other way yeah I, i've never heard the original version but maybe it sounds more innocent but uh <laughs> come on screaming jay and uh the misfits yeah. definitely not yeah um exactly um i will share with you i have I have a set of, it's not a complete set of lyrics, uh, the ideas, um, so feel free to use them. Uh, it is a parody of a Christmas song. Okay, and, uh, I'm down with that. Basically, it goes, season's fucking greetings, my how time does fly. To you and all your family, we hope you all die. <laughs> oh, I get that. <laughs> supposed to be part of a song uh, we were going to write called Eat Shit and Live to Taste It. Um, play on you people say eat shit and die. We were like, no, don't eat shit and die. Eat shit and live to taste it. <laughs> so, uh, more, more punishment for your dollar. Right. But, uh, Christmas parodies. I've never done a Christmas song parody. Uh, I was a big fan of Bob Rivers when he would always release a Twisted Christmas album. Yes. Uh, one of my personal favorites was... Um, uh, the parody of God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen called The Restroom Door Said Gentleman. <laughs> uh, 
But uh, I had done a, uh, a poem parody uh, for Christmas. Uh, this was in the wake of the whole controversy about uh, Baby It's Cold Outside mm. and Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer being about how, uh, you know, rejects can be made fun of until they're useful and, you know, people are you know, drawing all these weird conclusions from these you know, things that have been, you know, popularly accepted for ages. And so, naturally, with the advent of outcries of offense, comes the inevitable afterbirth of more offensive material. So uh, I wrote uh, Twats the Night Before Christmas. <laughs> I describe, you know, I'm sitting alone in my apartment with my two slaves, you know, completely ignoring the Christmas season, until Santa lands on my roof and he's feeling particularly randy. So I go up on the roof to take advantage of that fact, and he says, no, I'm not touching you, you're on the naughty list. And so I dish out some punishment. I don't, don't want to spoil it. By all means, check it out on YouTube. Yes. Uh, definitely do that. Um, <laughs> I, I, I love what you do, dude. I love your sense of humor and you just... I love that you're willing to entertain and do it in a style that so many people are just absolutely terrified to do anymore. Um, for the variety of reasons, and the world needs more people that are, for lack of a better description, I guess, the world needs more Mel Brooks, you know? Yes. And I, 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 I fear the day when Mel is no longer with us. I know he's up there in years, and it will be probably sooner than later. And I'm still talking at the bit for Spaceballs too. He's been talking about uh, it for years. Yes, I, I just, I, I can't imagine a world without Mel Brooks. I mean, and, and there's the sad thing is, is that I don't see any filmmakers on the horizon that are willing or able to step into that void he will leave. Like, like sadly, Kevin Smith is. Probably the closest that I could name. <laughs> that's mainstream, that's sad, I guess. Mainstream wise, huh? That's a, that's a sad, sad stretch. And, and it's uh, Mel Brooks, Dick Levin Smith. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you could say Lloyd Kaufman, but Lloyd isn't mainstream, oh, and yeah. in, in neither is Bill Zabob or you know any of the guys that. Bill's I used to find his stuff returned in the DVD racks at Newbury Comics up in Shrewsbury. Yes. I had Metalheads. Yes. I had uh, a couple of his uh, interview videos. Yes. Where Peter Steele is pretending to sleep with a bimbo in his lap. Yes. Um, the, the guy, I think he makes like six movies a month or something or another, but, um, you know, God bless his heart. Um, as bad as it is, bad as some of his movies are, um, they're still not as bad as most of the shit that Uvi Bowl has put out over the years. So. Who's that? Uvi Bowl. Uh, name rings a bell. He's a German filmmaker. He has done... His forte is kind of taking famous video games and making movies with them. Okay. Um, he did the, um, the Postal movie, and he did... Um, there's a few other ones, and his movies are terrible. Just absolutely. He he has no concept of lighting. 
Um, he has no concept of uh, what a camera stand is. <laughs> like, like this is a guy who takes these big cameras that they use, and instead of getting a shoulder mount saying, hey, let's film. No, let's do this. <laughs> you know, and the, per the person is running down the road. The actor, the main character is running down the road, and he's literally running behind them with the camera. That's one of the things I hate about uh, found footage films and reality <laughs> TV you know. is, you know, when action is happening and uh, they all start running and you get the shaky cam, whether it's on purpose or not. But it, it's, it's you, you can't enjoy the movie because you're dizzy. Yeah. And um, oh, what is oh, I can't tell you some of the other ones he said. Um, Uvi has done. Um, uh, he has done Blood Rain, uh, House of the Dead. Um, in the name of the king, postal, alone in the dark, um, rampage. Rampage. Uh, yes, he's the one who did the rampage movies. Wow. Um, I just watched Rampage recently. I was on a kaiju kick, and I had run out of Godzilla movies. So what the hell? I'll put on Rampage. <laughs> um, it did not satisfy my kaiju sweet tooth. Yeah, Uvi is. What's amazing about Uvi is as bad as he is, and as bad as his movies are, the German government continues to give him money to make these movies, and he spends hundreds and millions of dollars. He gets pretty high-ranking B-real movies. Um, you know, he's had a number of pretty famous people in his movies, and it just kind of blows your mind of how in the hell are you getting these people when your movies are so terrible? And people hate them. Like, you go online and type in Uvi Bowl, people just rip him to shreds. Like, they hate his movies with a passion. <laughs> if he's responsible for Rampage, I can understand. Yeah, um, he has done, um... Zombie Massacre 2, Rampage President Down, The Profane Exhibit. He did one about Auschwitz, which I thought was so, such a distasteful thing. Because here is a German director whose father, or whose grandfather, was a ranking officer in Hitler's army. And he's making a movie about Auschwitz. Which to me was just, it says everything you need to know about Uwe Boll. Like... Look, if your grandfather was a fucking Nazi, probably shouldn't be making a movie about Auschwitz here, okay? <laughs> that my dad would describe as stepping on your dick. <laughs> Repeatedly. <laughs> um, for any of you, if you don't know who Uvi is and you want to just watch a movie and just laugh your ass off at how bad they are... Um, Uvi is the man for you, okay? There are there is A list, B list, C list. Uvi is down here among the like R's and the S's. Um, <laughs> it's, it's Tunnel Rats is a movie. He made it about Vietnam, about the tunnel rats in Vietnam. And there was not a light fucking used in that entire movie. Like you see these guys crawling through these tunnels. There's no lighting, there's no you can't even see them. And I guess in context, maybe he was trying to capture the essence of what it was, but it was so terrible. It was just, um, 
Dark Rain is another one. There's literally scenes where the detective is talking to people and they're standing in an alley and you can't even see the characters on the screen. It's just black. And it's like, okay, has nobody ever heard of a street light? <laughs> you know? <laughs> a window light. A fucking restaurant overhang or a neon sign somewhere that casts a glow so you can actually see where somebody's standing. You hear three voices and a black screen. You know? Um, there's one movie. I don't remember which one it was. It was so low budget that the character comes out and he's supposed to... His parents get blown up in a car. Now, the car's supposed to blow up, except that CGI part didn't get put in. And in the movie, it says, insert CGI here. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> so it's literally, you hear him come out, you hear the car bomb go, kaboom, and it says, insert CGI here. And you're just like, Ooh, Wait a minute. somebody's getting fired for that, <laughs> you know? And and the other thing is, is how did that get past movies editing? Like, While we're on the subject of uh, schlocky film, uh, <laughs> I have to throw in another shameless plug because I am actually involved in a uh, schlocky project. Nice. Uh, and it is actually on Amazon Prime uh, right now for rent. Oh, nice. Um, it was intended to be a uh, web series. It's called A World of Worlds, and uh, I know it's the title makes it sound like a, a PBS documentary on multiculturalism, but uh, it's actually <laughs> a, a, a science fiction fantasy, um, wherein it, it's sort of a cross between uh, Jupiter Ascending and Harry Potter nice. with, uh, uh, with I, I would say, more of a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers vibe to it. Nice. And uh, I'm the uh, main villain in the uh, production, a sorcerer named Syl. And, uh, yeah, so if you're into schlock sci-fi, by all means, check it out. Yes. Got um, a two and a half stars. Nice. <laughs> I guess it's better than zero, I mean. <laughs> True. <laughs> it. You know, they're, they're riffing on us, but they're watching us. Right. There's no such thing as bad viewership. I mean, yeah, I guess, you know, what, what's the old saying? No news is good news. <laughs> so, um, tell everyone where they find you as far as, like, the Velvet review and all of that different stuff. Um, where they find your stuff, YouTube and all of that. So, uh, you'll find me on YouTube under the username Charlotte Lakel. And on there, um, when you go to my channel, the uh, uh, preview video that pops up is uh, my trailer, my associate, my not associate, affiliate trailer uh, for Velvet Review. It contains my affiliate link, and that will take you directly to my performer page on Velvet Review, which is where I debut all of my new uh, parody videos. And, uh, yeah, so that's that. And... Uh, of course, you can find me on Instagram and, uh, much to my chagrin, TikTok under the name uh, Lady Lakel, all one word. Yeah, somebody told me that uh, TikTok would be a great place to promote myself. Ha ha. <laughs> yeah, TikTok is. I do TikTok. I do the occasional video. Sometimes it's just goofy. Sometimes it's with my little one. Um, I, I don't know. I just. 
I started it out when I when this divorce that I'm going through started. It was kind of a way to vent. Um, and then it got goofy, and now that I have custody, we try to have fun with it. Um, but here's the, my thing with TikTok and their standards and practices. Yes, <laughs> um, I had experienced um, uh, the the standards and practices on Facebook when I was trying to boost exposure on my videos. I'll never do that again. In fact, <laughs> I'm not allowed to do that again. But uh, at any rate. Um, but I went on TikTok and saw that, you know, each of my silly little stupid videos was, you know, getting hundreds of views, which is more than I ever got on Facebook. I thought, okay, maybe I'll try boosting one of, like, a snippet of one of my parody videos with the affiliate link on there. And so I started with uh, what I considered uh, the best one so far at the time, which was You Make Me Want to Shit. And uh, I put a little snippet on there, and I tried to boost it, and it said that I was restricted against doing that. Uh, because it violated community guidelines regarding sexual activity and adult nudity. There is no nudity in the video. There is no sexual activity in the video. There is harmless toilet humor in the video. And I recently found out uh, the toilet flush sound effect that I use in the video uh, is also used in a Florida rapper's video. So for some reason, uh, the uh, music in the video was credited to him, all because of a toilet flush. Um, but uh, meanwhile, if you scroll through your video feed on TikTok, every other video is some barely legal boobies in yeah. a too small bikini bouncing across the screen with a little arrow that pops up that says, you know, read my soundtrack or click on this link if you want to see me completely naked. I'm like, yeah. okay, that's allowed, but some harmless toilet humor violates your terms and conditions. I don't get it. And, and, and people like Muck Sticky can, you know do his songs on there where he talks about, you know, drink a quarter camel piss. That's perfectly fine, but don't, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, I've seen all kinds of shit on there that, you know, I've gotten, I got a temporary ban because I made a video with him and he didn't have a shirt on. And we had just come in from swimming and, oh, community violations, it's child pornography. And I was like, he's nine and a boy. They run around with their shirts off sometimes, you know, and they're like, it's child pornography. And I was like, there's no sexual activity, dude. We were literally just being goofy to a young blood song, you know? <laughs> it was like, he's standing 12 feet from me, you know? <laughs> and they're like, oh, it's child pornography. And I was like, whatever, just take the goddamn video down then. It was, it was so ridiculous of, um, the rules are so arbitrary, you know, that I, I can't imagine you'd have an easy time doing what you do on TikTok. Um, you know. The, the, the one video that got the most view, most views was something that everybody was doing. And I did it just to see if I could get more views. And that was um, when, uh, oh, God, what is that stupid band that was on Saturday Night Live? They have, a, like, a, a girl's name, uh, Greta Van Fleet. Oh, uh, <laughs> They had made an appearance on Saturday Night Live, and apparently it was you know had such an impact that everybody is riffing on this one snippet from the guy's song. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, everybody's doing it, so I did it. And uh, it got like 12,800 views and so many venomous comments. And I'm like, yeah. really? I mean, I, I, put, I have so much better content on this page. But that gets 12,800 views and all this venom. You know who doesn't have this much venom for uh, this trend here on TikTok? Probably Greta Van Fleet. Yeah. 
they actually went to high school with their father. Funny thing, and it was it's actually kind of comical when they started getting famous. Um, being from the town they're from, which is Frankenmuth, Michigan, it's a very small, very small town of about twelve thousand people uh, up in the thumb. Its claim to fame is basically it's little Bavaria. Everything is German there. They have a whole town that's built around this German theme. And they have the world's largest Christmas store, uh, which is Bronner's. And realistically, no band from Frankenmuth, Michigan should ever get famous. Um, problem is, is their father has played guitar his entire life. He's a graduate of the Berkeley Institute of Music in Boston, and he has a lot of connections in the music business, uh, going back to Bob Seger and, and people like that. Um, so, <laughs> not to age myself, uh, but um, when, his, when he taught his kids to play music and they formed a band and all of that, you know, he kind of was like, hey, I have this band. Or, you know, they're, they're kind of like the rock version of Hanson, I guess. And it just, people, the, the, I guess the novelty of it. And now their fans are... They're 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 pretty rabid in the sense that they're very defensive of the band. Um, I think that's characteristic of uh, fans of any band. Um, I remember I was really into uh, Killing Joke for a period. Nice. And I kept following up on their you know their backstory and you know their history, and I came across this uh, claim that uh, they were you know coming after Nirvana. Because allegedly the opening bass line of Come As You Are was borrowed from their song 80s. But then somebody in turn claimed that uh, 80s borrowed the bass line from Life Goes On by The Damned. And <laughs> you listen to all three of those songs. And the bass lines are similar, but not the same. Yeah. But nevertheless, the venom from each camp yeah. about, you know, the claim about, you know, this person's ripping off that person and blah, blah, blah. It's like, grow the fuck up. There's, I mean, and world hunger. Then to ask me what I feel. What, what ask me what I think about uh, Nirvana allegedly ripping off Killing Joke. Yeah, I, I mean, look. First off, there there's a limited number of notes available <laughs> in the musical scale. Um, so eventually, somebody is going to record something that sounds like something else. Um, one of my favorite newer glam metal songs. Um, and I know it wasn't done intentionally. About halfway through the course, is just a dead ripoff of the uh, summertime blues riff. And I know it wasn't written that way, but it just he he was on a thing and they were playing, and that those notes just happened to fall the way they did. And when I pointed it out to him, he was like, "Shit." And I was like, what? And he's like, well, it's already recorded in the studio and on the way to the masters. We can't change it now. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, you know, uh, if you get sued, you get sued. And he was like, yeah, dude, I didn't even notice it. Um, so I took on that a little bit myself for a short while when I first started writing parodies. Um, when I would come up with ideas like, you make me want to shit, or uh, yeah. the one I'm working on now, which is a parody of Talk to the Animals called Talk to the Assholes. And, like, that, that's you know, such a simple concept. Somebody's probably already done it. Yeah. Uh, but I'm waste time, you know, searching and hunting and pecking to see if somebody has already written the song Talk to the Assholes before I go ahead and write 
talk to the assholes. It's right. going to be my song. I'm not going to be their song. Oh, excuse me. Right. I, it, you know, you, you, you just got to take it in stride, I guess. I mean, nothing is truly original anymore. I mean, it oh, doesn't matter what you do. Um, I, I don't think I've heard... The last time I heard something truly original, I think, probably they weren't the first to do it, but when Crossfaith first come out and they started mixing trance music with, like, the, the metalcore, I had never heard anybody mix, like, EDM movie with, like, this screaming, raging, almost death metal-style music. Because growing up, heaven forbid, a morbid angel or, uh, you know, or... or any band like that, um, Malevolent Creation or Behemoth, if they had even thought of mixing keyboards or any kind of EDM-style music into their music, they would have just been crucified <laughs> by their fans. Um, so the fact that some Japanese band... Yeah, the fact that some Japanese band... Are the ones who decided, hey, this would be really cool to, you know, mix like Moby and Behemoth into the sound, <laughs> and oddly, yeah, and it oddly works. Um, I love it. So, um, it's probably the only thing I could name that was even close to being original uh, over the past twenty years to me. Um, but anywho, um, this is Daniel Palisir. Check him out everywhere and mail, uh, email him, uh, message him, uh, let him know you heard him here and how much you enjoy his stuff. And um, please keep doing what you do because the world needs more people like you. <laughs> sure. you saying that and I thank you for having me. Yes, um, I, I, I hope that you're willing to come back at some point and and do this again and um i uh apologize for my randomness and outbursts of stupidity <laughs> it's fun um we're gonna wrap this up i'm gonna shut the fuck up so you can go check this um check him out and um email him and tell him how much how awesome you think he is uh, this is a noise report i'm the music god uh, this is a daniel pelisier uh, Lady Lakel, you can also look that up. Uh, that'll be on his YouTube and everything else. Um, what is it's Velvet? L a q u e l l e. Just so you know. Yes, um, and it's Velvet. Review. Velvet review. -E -E. Velvet review. Yes. Um, to find him, so uh, you go do that, and I will shut the fuck up later. <laughs>